We all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Hello, my friend, and welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I'm your host and your coach, B. King, and I am so, so glad that you're here. Now, if you peeped the title and the guest today, you might have already connected the dots, but today's guest is the ultimate, the most special guest I've ever had on the show because it is my very own big sister that I have the honor and privilege to interview. Now, you know the quote, I am because you are, that sums up my relationship with my sister. I would not be the human I am today without her. And this runs deep on so many levels. And she continues to inspire me with her vulnerability and her strength and her courage and her knowledge. And this is just another one of those examples in our interview today. So I want to give you a heads up because this episode is a little darker than my usual episodes. And I just want to let you know if you are sensitive to any topics around sexual abuse or sex trafficking or disordered eating. These are all topics that come up in our interview. And I just want to give you the opportunity to opt out if that isn't something that you want to hear today. Now I'm staying away from the word trigger warning because I don't want anyone to feel isolated in their experiences that they've had. That's what happens when we experience trauma. We feel isolated and there's a lot of shame around that. And that is the narrative that I would like to change in my sister as well. And that's the power in her sharing her story because her sharing her story with such strength allows others to do the same. So we'll get into this in the episode, but I just wanted to give you a heads up about the topics in case it's not something that you want to hear about today. So without further ado, Let's get into the episode, Overcoming Trauma and Soul-to-Soul Healing, with my very own big sister, Barry Golding. I think every guest that I have on the show is very special um, in their own way, but today's guest is by far the most special to me and my heart because I get to interview my big sister, Barry Golding. Welcome to the show. This is a long time coming, and I'm so excited to have the opportunity to sit down and interview my big sis, like I said, older sister, Barry. Um, She has been a mentor and role model in my life since before I came out of the womb. Um, I am a manifestation of her desire to have a sibling. We're not quite sure how it happened, but it did her wishing and pleading and begging and praying as a little girl brought me to the earth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And for that, I'm internally grateful. Um, But besides that, the fact that she manifested me into the world, I have also learned everything in my life from her. And it's just so fun to have the opportunity to share her gifts with you today, our lovely listener. So hi, Bam. So happy you're here. Hi, Vicki. I'm so happy to be here. I almost had to mute myself during that introduction. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's the truth. I don't have to give an introduction because usually with my guests, I'm like, well, this is how we know each other. You know, we go way back. 
Barry has been my protector and my teacher my whole entire life. I would be super fucked up if it wasn't for my <laughs> sister. <laughs> and I, I mean that in like the nicest, most loving way to myself. But seriously, if without you guiding me, who knows what kind of life I would have lived. So thank the sweet Lord. And hopefully I'm allowed to say the F word. I don't often say it, but like, it's the truth. Like without you guiding me, I don't know where I would be in my life. So hi, welcome. Um, I'll let you give your introduction. Like who, who are you and (laughs) a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I am Barry. I am your adoring big sister who has loved you even before I met you even though I feel like we've known each other eons and eons and eons for eons. And that's kind of what this feels like. So yeah, I'm your big sister who is just incredibly happy to be here. And I'm just so incredibly proud to not only see you living your purpose, but to be so up close and personal to you while doing so. Tell us like what you, what you do and you know, what you're here on this earth doing, because you have created something and have done something with your life that needs to be talked about more. And that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on the show. Okay. Well, so I am a yoga teacher and a body therapist and a polyvagal informed healer. Um, my specialty is soul retrieval, and that's a little bit of a double entendre there. So soul, S-O-L-E and soul, S-O-U-L um, retrieval. So um, when I reflect on my body of work Um, it's really no surprise considering that my work really represents the intersection of both my professional and personal um, life experiences. So my soul and soul focused programs is multifaceted and geared towards using different approaches to help access the healing wisdom of the body mind connection and I am the creator of the foot yoga method, which is a bottom-up approach to movement medicine. I am the co-founder of Tioga Stretch Body Therapy, which blends the ancient healing arts of the East with more dynamic Western-style athletic stretching. And it is designed to help people release the burden of stress, stuck in stored stress in the body. So... The way I look at it is foot yoga method is something that can be taught one-on-one. It can be taught in group. The Tioga stretch is obviously one-on-one. It's body work. I also teach workshops and trainings in that modality as well. Um, And then my experience in developing the foot yoga method and creating Tioga stretch and teaching it really inspired me um, to do a little bit more research into um, the wisdom and the intelligence of the feet. I think that the feet are a huge body blind spot. Um, and so there is so much intelligence and wisdom in the feet. And so because of that, um, I embarked on a the wild and crazy journey of um, inventing <laughs> a, pro- a product um, designed to help people uh, detox their toes and feet from stress that you know, accumulates just from day to day, from wearing shoes, from gravity. And the name of that product is called Soul Floss. Um, And it is a self-care device intended to 
help detoxify the toes and the feet. And it's intended to help restore and reclaim your soul. And so um, the last part of my soul, soul trifecta is that I am the creator of Soul Saver Healing, which is a trauma-informed course and program uh, that I created and designed to help people process and release the stuck, toxic, and traumatic stress that prevents us from living life out loud. Um, it is the method that I designed and created in response to having lived most of my life with post-traumatic stress disorder, um, although I prefer to call it post-traumatic stress response um, because I think the word disorder does a great disservice to those who are um, affected. So yeah, I lived most of my life with post-traumatic stress without actually knowing that until recently, until embarking upon my own personal healing journey. And last but certainly not, not least, I am Rain's mom, hashtag mommy. <laughs> the most and important title that you the, have. <laughs> I, I, I can't I can't lead with it because <laughs> that's, that's it. Like that's drop, it. It's drop the mic. My, my drop <laughs> came over, put the Oscar music on. I'm gonna have to be walked off the stage. <laughs> I am the very proud mommy of Rain. Yeah, she's my she's this my greatest source of inspiration. She's my she's my reason. She has you to thank for being my practice baby. I gave birth to her, but she really gave me life. So I mean, we could go on a whole different episode about rain for anyone that follows me on Instagram. They know her because <laughs> she is the star of my stories with her swagger and confidence and just good heart. Um, rain also has her own podcast called rain's cozy corner. So be rain, on the lookout yeah. for that. Be on the lookout. We're going to have her on the show, but we won't go Rain's off on a cozy corner. We could go off on a tangent about rainbow, which is not what this episode's about, <laughs> but we'll save that for another day. And rain, totally. if you're listening to this, hi, we love you. <laughs> we love you, rain. You know, she's listening to you. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, she's like waiting for it. Um, well, you know, all of this to say is like you have a foot fetish. <laughs> Basically. 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 So I, you know, let's, let's go back just to, cause you said that you lived most of your life with post-traumatic stress response, which I love that you say that because I hate the word disorder as well. It's very triggering on so many levels and it's not a disorder. It is a response to something that happened. That's like unfathomable to your brain. And there's something else that you said that really stuck out. You said body mind instead of mind body, because so much of the healing work talks about mind body connection, but what you have tapped into, which I don't think a lot of people have tapped into is the body mind. And like, that's the kind of stuff where people that have like been doing the work and they've tried all of the things and they have a high level of coping, they're still not living the life they want to live because of that block. And typically because of what is stored in their body. And that's what you discovered through your process. You have gone through like things that are unfathomable and you have now transformed them into a healing modality practice because of that. So share a little bit about like what you experienced, what happened, how you discovered it and where you are today. I mean, that's, those are a lot of questions. So let's just start with the first one. Okay. Well, well, let's, let's unpack it a bit. So 
my mission is really to help people embody a greater felt sense of safety in their bodies, minds, and hearts. And I didn't know that was my mission until I went on my, on my healing journey. But the reason why is because I didn't have that. I didn't have a felt sense of safety and a a felt sense is something that, you know, with every part of you, not just your mind. So I believe that that is true medicine for the soul to have a felt sense of safety. When you have that felt, felt sense, you can expand. Like that's where we are able to access our capacity for growth. That's how we end up running our offense and not just always being on defense. So that felt sense is true medicine for the soul. And it's the medicine that allows all other medicines, all other modalities, whatever they may be, to be that much more potent and soluble. So, you know, when we don't feel safe, it doesn't matter how many tools and resources that we have at our disposal, they cannot penetrate when our guards and our defenses are on high alert. So, An example of that would be when I first started practicing yoga, I used to get relaxation induced anxiety, meaning like my body would break out in a full blown rash. And that was my body. So it wasn't like my mind saying, oh, you have to do the laundry and you have to do this and this and this. It was my body going like, it is not safe for you to relax. You need to be protecting yourself. Um, And so the backstory to that is that, you know, this is kind of like, my, this is my, my life's work. And I just didn't realize that my life's work began at a very tender young age. When I was a little girl, I was um, brutally traumatized. I am a survivor of childhood rape, uh, pornography, and sex trafficking. And as a result, post-traumatic stress response. I have also been diagnosed with lots of other disorders that are also, you know, my body's response to having had um, experiences. So trauma is anything that is too fast, too soon, too much, too long. Um, And so when you don't have the capacity to process what is happening, and in in my case, ancient shamanic wisdom teaches us that the, the body and the mind, that body mind connection is the container that holds the soul. And so Um, When we experience a trauma, whether it is a big T, capital letter T, you know, that when you think that you are going to die, when you have, you know, when you're in a situation where you think that you're going to die or a lowercase T, which would be like death by a thousand paper cuts. When we experience these traumas, the body and the mind separate. And that body mind separation is a protective mechanism intended to help us shield, to shield ourselves from the pain. Um, But if that repair, if that uh, rupture or fracture isn't repaired, it results in soul loss because now the container that holds the soul has been, is is disjointed. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of what yoga is all about. Yoga is about restoring the connection between the body and the mind. That's why yoga was so healing for me. Once I got past my initial relaxation based, uh, relaxation-induced anxiety um, attacks in yoga, getting past that. So that's the healing work is to bring the body and the mind back in to union. Um, For me, in my case, my mind had no conscious memory of what happened to me. It was too overwhelming. I was seven. I didn't know what rape was. I didn't know what happened. 
you know, my body and mind separated. And so I didn't have any conscious memories. I didn't know what happened, but I always felt it. So whenever I talk about it, I'll say like, I didn't know. And I'll point to my head and then I'll take my hands to my body and I'll say, but I knew I felt it. I just didn't know what I was feeling. And so for the longest time, I just thought that something was wrong with me. You know, I thought that I was just nervous, high strung, you know, worried, which I was all of those things, fiercely overprotective. Um, and that was all a response to having had, you know, experienced something that was so overwhelming, so inconceivable. Um, and so while I had no conscious memories of the traumas that I endured, the imprint that was left on my body, my mind, and my spirit would haunt me and ultimately have me thinking that I was crazy and question my sanity um, until you know, I ultimately went out to seek healing for these wounds that I, I always felt that I had, but I didn't, I didn't know what they were. And so for me, my healing process has been guided by my body because it was all in my body. My body had a wordless story inside of it. My body, you know, my, my body had the memories, my body could identify things that I couldn't identify. Um, and my body was really, you know, it was, it was so brave, like having gone through what it went through. And, um, for so long, I, you know, hated my body because it was a crime scene. And, um, you know, I, I abused myself because I didn't know and I didn't, I, I abused myself and I didn't understand why. And then I would get more mad at myself. And so that kind of was the, was the cycle. And then, you know, once I went on my healing journey and once I realized that nothing was wrong with me, something had happened to me that really began to help that really started to help me break some of those internal cycles of that, of, of having a body mind connection that was so thrown out of balance as a result of unresolved trauma. Well, just being, even hearing you share like what had happened is one of those like key indicators of your healing, because I have been there alongside you through this process of when you did find out what had happened and to see you now be able to share from such an empowering place just shows so much growth, but that's like what you see on the outside but like what people don't understand is how much work it requires to get to that place. So I just want to acknowledge you for that, Bam, because I know that that's not easy. And to hear you speak about it in a, such a way is just, it's like, makes like, I, like I can feel it in my body. Like that healing has like the, all of the stuff you've been doing is working and it's taken time, but like, I can feel that on such like a deep cellular level, probably because we are the same, we're the same <laughs> on a cellular level, but mm -hmm. I can just feel that so deeply. Um, and like, you know, what you had just shared is there wasn't anything wrong with you. And I know a lot of people listening can relate to this is we go about our life, we do things and we're constantly thinking that there's something wrong with us. And there's such a difference between being something being wrong. And I love Glennon Doyle because she said the only thing 
that's wrong with us is thinking that there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. And then something had happened and there was that disconnect. So tell a little bit about like how you uncovered that because from age seven until what age? 35. Five. <laughs> that's a long time. That's most of your life feeling this way. And then mm-hmm. like being able to put masks on and go about your life and be very successful in things that you were doing um, to get to that place at 35 where you uncovered it. So tell a little bit about how you uncovered it. Cause you did share um, briefly about there was all these other disorders that you were diagnosed with, which is like the common theme in our Western society is that's a symptom. <laughs> Everything mm-hmm. that you were diagnosed with was a symptom of what was going on on a much deeper level. Mm-hmm. So tell a little bit about how you uncovered it and what that experience was like. Before I do that, I just want to like flashback because I I feel like part of my part of this podcast probably requires a, a, a trigger warning just um, in terms of what you just said, because I wasn't really sure if I, part of me wanted to be more um, vague as far as like what I mm-hmm. had, what I had been through. And um, then the other part of me was like, maybe somebody that's listening to this really needs to hear somebody say this. And that is, that's the voice that I want to be. It doesn't mean that I, it's not incredibly difficult to, to, you know, if it's coming from the body, my, my heart is, is pounding and, and my throat is finally open enough that I can speak and my eyes are not watering uncontrollably because they're so afraid of, you know, because of what was told to me as a child, if I ever spoke about this, that I would die. You know, that's the way that I was, that's the way that I was threatened. And that's part of the reason why these memories got buried so deeply down inside of me. Um, so I just want to be sensitive that some of the, some of the information that I'm sharing um, can be very triggering. And if it is, I just in, encourage whoever's listening to treat themselves with compassion and to pause if need to. And, you know, if this brings things up for you, please don't be alone with it. You know, call a call a friend, reach out to, to us. Like that's why, that's why I'm sharing is because I don't want anyone to feel alone with, with these with these wounds, these pains, these responses to it. If you know someone who's been through something like this, I mean, we all, we're all connected and that's, and that's part of the beauty um, in being able to share is that we realize that we are so connected and that there is somebody out there who understands and um, we heal together. We're usually often traumatized alone. That's part of the reason why we end up traumatized and then healing happens collectively. So I just want to to say that, to be sensitive to anyone who's listening, who has history or sensitivity, it's completely understandable if any of this makes you uncomfortable. So to answer your question, I was traumatized at the age of seven. I did not have any conscious memory of the traumas that um, I endured. At the age of 13, I was hospitalized for a, um, with a severe case of anorexia. Um, I was hospitalized involuntarily um, with a cardiac arrhythmia, and I I was hospitalized in New York. Um, when I was hospitalized, I had been asked, you know, prior to being hospitalized, when I was I was in treatment at, you know, I wasn't in a hospital. I was just being treated for the anorexia. I was in therapy. I was seeing doctors, nutritionists. I had been asked countless times if I had ever been sexually abused. My answer was always no, because I had no conscious memory. Um, however, more often than not, after being asked that question, when I was alone, I would stare, I would stand in the mirror and I would stare 
at my private parts in the mirror. So it was like my body was saying, pay attention to me. And my, and my body was guiding that. I wasn't thinking like, I'm going to stand in front of the mirror. It was my body like demanding attention. And so the same thing when I was in the hospital, I would stand at my, I didn't have a full length mirror in my hospital room. I had to stand on the bed and I would stand on the bed and I would just stare at myself in the mirror. And so I was hospitalized for eight weeks. I did not uncover the root cause of the symptoms that had me hospitalized. So that was a little tricky because I had a really serious eating disorder. I felt extremely guilty. Uh, because I put my family through such a scary time. I, I know everybody thought, you know, I had been asked, similar to being asked if I had been sexually abused, I was asked countless times if I was suicidal. My answer was always no. And yet at the same time, I was very passively, aggressively trying to kill myself. And I felt terrible because I didn't know why. I didn't, I didn't know why. I didn't understand why. I just thought that something was wrong with me. I thought that maybe I just got a bad <laughs> batch, <laughs> you know, I thought I was defective. And so coming out when I was in the hospital, as I was preparing to come back to school, back to life, I had been, you know, my doctors and counselors were preparing me there. They would always ask me, you know, well, they would tell me, they actually would tell me like the relapse rates are really high. How are you going to avoid relapsing? I was like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how this started. (laughs) What a question Um, to ask a uh, eighth grader. <laughs> right. I was, I had no, I, I had no idea. I just, so I was like, I just knew that I didn't want to put my family through it. I, our parents were going through a very uncomfortable divorce. It was just a, a lot of overwhelm. And so I just told myself, I'm not going to end up back in a hospital like this because it was miserable. <laughs> it was, I mean, I thought let's, let's be like a side note. I completely thought that I was, you know, having had a history of sexual trauma and being taken I definitely thought I was going to be re-traumatized in the hospital. It was a, another form of traumatization to be taken away from your family, your house, your life, and to be taken somewhere, you know, when you're 13 years old and to be wondering like, why am I not living a normal, you know, in quotation, because what, what is normal life? It, and then thinking that it was all my fault. So um, I took on the persona of a perfectionist. That's how I responded to that, to this trauma as, you know, I tried to excel at school. I was, you know, always very sensitive to the needs and expectations of everyone around me. Um, I wanted, I I tried really hard to make everybody else feel comfortable while at the same time I was crumbling inside. I just had so much fear and so much sadness. And so the first step in my healing was when I discovered yoga, when I was at the university of Wisconsin-Madison. And three things happened in that yoga class. The instructor said, 90 minutes, don't think. And I remember thinking, nobody's ever told me not to think before. Is that even possible? And then she said, lift your heart above your head. And I thought that was the most poetic thing I'd ever heard because obviously my heart had been so hurt that it was liberating. And now as I've done you know, all of my work and research and study, I understand what was happening was I was opening the ventral vagal channel of my, my vagus nerve um, in, in that lifting my heart above my head. And then the instructor walked on my feet and it was the most calming, relaxing experience I had had probably since being traumatized, 10 seconds of pure bliss to have someone walk on my feet, which was also quite interesting because of my history of sexual trauma. You would, you know, I would be maybe the person in the yoga class that you wouldn't think 
would be a good option for adjustment. But adjustment for me actually proved to be really healing because touch is so healing as long as it's coming with the right intentions and awareness. Um, so yoga was the first step for me in my, in my healing journey. And then um, it, it wouldn't be until I went to an ayahuasca ceremony um, that I really uncovered these memories. Um, I basically saw my dreams from a woken state and I realized that I, I remembered what had happened to me, the, the body and the mind, like the body's lived experience and the mind's understanding of that lived experience experience finally came together. And then I realized that all this time I had thought I was crazy and it wasn't that I was crazy. I just had experienced, you know, really severe trauma. And so that began my healing process. So how, what was it about ayahuasca? Like how did ayahuasca help you see, like bring up those memories? Because in a way of after that happening, it almost re-traumatized you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, um, I found ayahuasca through my fiance. Shout out to Franklin. Shout Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> um, he you know, he found ayahuasca. He's like, these are your people. It's all about healing. And at, at the time I, I, I realized that there were, there were things in my life that I was really, really blocked. I was really blocked and struggling with. So I, ayahuasca is called the vine of the subconscious. So it's a psychedelic. And what happens when you drink it is it helps you access your subconscious memories, which is part of the reason why everybody's ayahuasca experience is different. Because all of our subconscious, we all have very different, varying, you know, um, subconscious body. And so uh, for me, in my experience, um, I went into ayahuasca knowing that I had issues with sleep. Obviously, I had PTSD, I had a lifetime of nightmares and flashbacks. So it's just interesting what you know without knowing how you know. So I went to ayahuasca wanting to heal my sleep. Um, wanting to address the debilitating separation anxiety I had um, with with rain every time she was out of my sight or reach I was it was crippling for me um, which was further challenging and compounded by the fact that I didn't want her to be scared walking through life um, so it it was really um, you know I I knew that I didn't want to interfere with her growth. I don't want to cut her wings. Um, and I felt that. So wanting to address my separation anxiety and also um, wanting to address a very deep money wound um, wh- and without you know knowing where that came from, which you know after going through my process, realizing that that scarcity mindset was a complete response to my body having lived in survival mode for so long, you know, living in survival and adopting a scarcity mindset and, you know, disconnects you from the feelings of abundance. Um, so really wanting to address why I didn't feel deserving, why I didn't feel worthy, why I didn't feel I mattered, why I wouldn't let myself want the things that I wanted. So I went to ayahuasca with these three, um, these three things that were very, very obvious areas in my life where I was struggling and I would, and I felt that I was getting in my own way. 
um, on those things. The sleep, not so much because I, I try, I had tried everything with sleep and, um, but sleep is, you know, we are most vulnerable when we're sleeping. And so, um, I had a lot of, a lot of issues around that on top of the fact that I would go to sleep and then relive the trauma, um, which made sleep that much more challenging. Um, so when, when the memory came, when the memories, uh, resurfaced and once I understood what had happened to me, I, um, I was completely re-traumatized and, uh, my knowing like what I sensed, though, it was very scary for the people around me. And that was really hard. I just, I had this feeling that, you know, when this happened, I, I, I was traumatized, but it wasn't visible. I, I held it all in. So the re-traumatization was in part my body needing to go through that experience and get that out like this. Yes. That is so scary. Of course you're scared. Yes. Of course. Like these thoughts are flooding through you are overwhelming and you can't keep up with your emotions. And, you know, it was, it was extremely overwhelming and scary at times. Um, But I just, I just knew that I had to go through it. I just, I, I, looked at it like my, my body has this story and it had held on to the story for so long. And now it just needs to release it. Um, and so that was, that was a really uncomfortable part of the process. Um, part of the reason why I've designed the programs that I've designed, because I really do want to help support others, um, get through the stuff that is, you know, the, the big waves to, to ride the big waves and to, and to know that if you're someone who has tried all the things and you're just kind of stuck in that cycle of high level coping, but you're not able to, you know, your, your capacity still feels limited. Um, and you're frustrated because you want more out of life and you don't understand why you're not letting yourself get that, um, that there that nothing's wrong with you. You're not defective, that there, there is a good reason why that's happening. And in the right environment with whatever kind of built-in safety you require to be able to let that medicine be absorbed into your system, like that, that, that is possible, that is capable. And that's what, you know, I am so impassionate to do because, um, I've been through it. I, there were, you know, I kind of created the thing that I needed. Um, you know, I want to be the helper that I needed when it was scary and rough and overwhelming. So, you know, for someone listening to like hear that, that you, you know, went to an ayahuasca ceremony going for one thing, um, came out (laughs) with a totally different experience, which, you know, divine timing, everything happens exactly as it's meant to at that time for you to even be to where you are today. You don't necessarily have to go to ayahuasca to, to figure it out. That's kind of why you've created what you've created. So tell me how, you know, your love for the feet, the nervous system, like how does this all tie in to the healing journey? Because you have lived it, you've lived the trauma and you have lived the healing and have created something through it. So walk me through how that all ties together. So, you know, our bodies are full of energy and I, 
when I, when I was in that ayahuasca ceremony, bef- the very last thing that happened for me before the memory came through was the message that I got from the wisdom, the ancient wisdom of the plants is that I needed to allow. That was the message I was getting. I needed to allow. And my interpretation of, of allowing something meant that I am not going to resist. So what in my language and in foot yoga method language, not resisting is relaxing your toes. So I relaxed my toes. And then the that was the very last thing that I did. And then the memory came came through. And part of that is that there had been so much stress in my feet. Um, and so the feet are very reflective of the body's flight response. And that is something that when we go into flight, that's a defensive, me- it's a defense mechanism to, intended to help us ensure survival. So my approach to healing is a bottom up approach to healing, meaning it come, I come from the body to the mind. And so the feet are the, are the base of our body. They are our foundation from a reflexology standpoint. You know, we can look at the feet as maps of the whole body. There are different, you know, you can access different systems of the body, different organs. In my technique, we correlate that to Chinese medicine, how different organs govern different emotional responses in the body. And so there are things that you can do within the body to help downregulate the nervous system to help create a greater felt sense of safety so that you can work through the more difficult emotions, processing the memories, integrating the mind. So something that I learned in my process is the body seeks truth. The body just wants to be seen and heard. It wants to be acknowledged. That's that's part of finding safety. And then the mind seeks proof. The mind just wants to understand. And and when you when you're able to connect to those two pieces, it's a lot easier to to bring the body and the mind back together because that's what ancient wisdom teaches us is the marriage within ourselves is the body and the mind. And when the body and the mind are happily married, you have a happier house and you feel better and your thoughts are more aligned with your vision and your goals and you feel better. And like you always say, you feel better and then you do better. And that is the, you know, that that's, that's what it's all about. And for most of us, it's just identifying where we're stuck, where we're blocked, realizing that that is for a good reason, whether you've experienced physical, mental, emotional trauma, whatever it is, looking at those blocks, looking at those defensive protective mechanisms as, you know, as, as teachers, as helpers, and then understanding how we can begin to soften the places that have been so flexed and at the same time, open the places that have then been so closed. And that's really like where we start to begin to work to expand our capacity. And that's when we expand our capacity, that's when we grow, that's, you know, it, but these things happen outside of survival mode. So it's a matter of, you know, working through survival, working through overcoming the, the protective reflexes, overcoming the obstacles that have, have, that have manifested as a response to living in defense, you know, in, in defensive mode. And then 
remembering who we are, reclaiming our soul, connecting to our purpose, and then ultimately educating so we can help others on the path as well. It's really the recipe for healing soul sickness. That's what we do over here. (laughs) Well, it's, I mean, you are an absolute product of that, but also like indirectly the people that you've helped just by being a healer, you know, helping heal so many of the, you know, stresses in people's bodies by doing the body work, by being a yoga instructor. And, you know, in the beginning you, you know, said that you're a yoga instructor and you kind of just like briefly brushed over that, but you are a phenomenal yoga instructor. Her class is like no other, like she's been, you've been teaching yoga for what, like 14 years, 15 years, 15 years. Yeah. 15 years. January. Yeah. 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. And her intent, like the way that she knows the body is there's not, I I don't, and I'm, you know, of course, like a little biased because it's my sister, but even, even if I did it, even if you weren't my sister, your knowledge of the body and how it works and what the, you know, the areas in your body that are holding certain emotions is so special. It's, it's truly amazing. And it's just like the world needs to know about you and this gift that you have and the creation that you are here on this earth doing, like you have created something through the trauma that is going to help so many people. So thank you, Bam. I love you so much. Thank you for being on the show and sharing your story. If someone's listening and is curious and want to know more or wants to get that floss, the soul floss on their toes, on their tootsers, which they're the best, um, where can they find the information? I'll make sure I put it in the show notes. So you can find me on Instagram at soulfloss for all things pertaining to your soul, S-O-L-E, and your soul, S-O-U-L. And that that we're just getting started with that. So there's not a whole lot of content on there. I think there's just the picture of the soulfloss right now, but that's coming soon. Um, or you can reach, reach out to me through email. So it's Gold B-E-R-I-G-O-L-D at gmail.com. If you're looking just for support, just, just getting started. Let and then me know. What we're I, over what here alchemizing wounds to medicine, wounds to medicine. And then if anybody wants to know more about, you know, the healing process or, you know, the programs you've created, same thing, send you an email, follow you on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. That, that works. Amazing. Oh, so amazing. So my last question for you, Bam, is what would you say your superpower is? Oh, my superpower, I mean, it's probably my vulnerability. <laughs> it's probably my vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. It's taken a while to to embrace that that part. The vulnerability is scary, but yeah, I think it's my I'm brave too. I'm a brave soul. Yeah. I I would agree with that as your sister. I think you're one, the strongest person I know by far. And I think that is lot to do with that superpower. Well, I love you so much. Thank you so much for being on the show and being vulnerable and brave and sharing your story and sharing your wisdom. I mean, this is just the tipping point of what the the deep knowledge that you have. Um, so I'm excited to have you back on the show because we can, I want to get more into the nervous system and polyvagal and all of the things because there's just so 
much that you, um, there's so much knowledge that you have. And I always, I tell, I tell my sister this all the time, like you are doing a disservice by keeping this shit to yourself. Like you (laughs) need to freaking shout it from the mountaintops because I listen to her and I'm like, yeah, tell me more. And it's so fascinating. And like, she just has such a deep understanding because she understands the body in a way that so many of us don't. Um, so this is just the beginning and I'm so excited. Um, for you and everything that's to come. I love you. I love you. Thank you, Vicki. Wow. My sister continues to inspire me. The way that she tells her story with such grace and courage and vulnerability is truly remarkable. And having watched and witnessed her healing journey from when she has found out what happened to her to where she is now is incredible. It's been so hard to witness someone that you love so much go through so much pain and not be able to do anything about it and not know what to do. And I've learned so much from her experience and I she's forever my teacher and mentor and the strongest person that I know. And now she's in this place to share her story from a place of power. And it's so cool to to see that transition and to see that shift and to create this product of soul floss. I mean, it's just so amazing, you know, as her sister, but then also someone just watching and observing what she has overcome and where she is now. I put on the toe spacers every single night before bed and I swear it helps me sleep better. I feel more grounded. I feel more connected. I feel tension release in my body. It's not like other toe spacers. Other toe spacers are not comfortable. You can't wear them in bed. You can't wear them for a long period of time. And these literally feel like fingers in between your toes and it feels so good. And it is amazing how she has followed this calling to heal your soul by focusing on your feet. It's so special. So make sure you check out the Soul Floss if you want to snag a pair. I highly, highly recommend it. But I am so grateful for my sister to have this opportunity to sit down. She'll forever be my role model and my hero. And I just love her so, so, so much. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If anything came up for you and you're feeling like you just need someone to talk to, you can always reach out to me. You can reach out to my sister. There are tons of resources out there if something arose. Now, that's why we have these conversations because when things happen to us in our life and we feel ashamed by them or we feel like something is wrong with us or we feel like we're crazy and it isolates us, that's what creates this disconnect between ourselves and the world around us. So if anything came up, I don't want you to feel isolated. Please reach out. That is the point of having these difficult conversations. So just know that you are supported and you are loved. And I just want to thank you for getting to this part of the podcast. If you're still listening, I just want you to know how much I appreciate you for taking the time to listen to my show, to listen to this episode. You could be listening to any other podcast. You could be listening to music right now, but you have listened to this episode and it means the absolute world to me. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. So remember to love yourself, own your happiness, and let your light shine because you're so worthy of it, my friends. 